Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. I'm Liz Murdoch. Welcome to Talking with the Dogs. Today we have a very special guest. Rachel Geller, Dr. Dr. Geller. She is a cat specialist, but she's an animal behaviorist, but she focuses on cats and pet chaplain. And that covers all animals. And that's what we're going to focus in today. Rachel has worked with the Humane Society. She has written a book, Saving at Cats. And I will have all that information for everyone in the show notes but I know that there, it is a pressing topic for many people when they lose a pet, the getting support, the grief that lingers, what to do when you're trying to make a decision with crossing over. So we're gonna cover all those topics today. Welcome, Dr. Geller. Thank you for having me, Liz, this is great. What is a pet chaplain? So a pet chaplain is someone who provides pastoral care, support, somebody who listens to a person who has grief due to losing a pet. And I'm really there to bear witness to that person's grief. Are you doing this online? I am providing all of my pet chaplain support virtually. I have not missed a beat. I immediately pivoted to the virtual platform and have been doing it via Zoom or you know Google Meet or FaceTime or whatever the client has. And it's been actually very successful. And do you have groups too, or just one-on-one? I, I do my work one-on-one, but I know there are people who run support groups. Um, some veterinarians have support mm-hmm. groups at their practices. I work one-on-one with clients. Okay. So I have, like many people, I've lost, a, the last time I had an animal pass away, oh gosh, it was, must have been 10 years at least. So and I, I think that I'm okay now, but does it matter how long somebody is grieving? I think that's a really good question because in our society, we have something called bereavement mm-hmm. and we have bereavement time from work and you are bereaved for a certain amount of time. And I often find that there really is a time limit on this bereavement process. You may get seven days off from work. You may get five days off from work. There seems to be a a time limit in our society on how long you can be sad and how long you can grieve. I personally feel that grief is something that doesn't have a time limit. I think that people need to take whatever time that they need. And I really try to work with people on developing what I call continuing bonds finding ways to maintain an emotional connection with your pet forever. Because I think that is something that we as pet owners, when we do experience a loss, we really need that. 
we mm. need to find a way to have that love and that relationship last in our hearts forever. And so I work on something. I don't really look at grief as something that you need to get through and is going to be a cure. Right. Instead, I, I try to talk people through finding ways to maintain a bond with the animal. And I, I refer to it, and many people refer to it as continuing bonds. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Because a lot of people will mention to me, I still feel my dog or I can't, I don't want to get rid of his bed. I'm like, then don't. It's okay. But just having that permission to do what you want to do. because I our, agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Remembering your dog's bark, um, feeling your cat's spirit, keeping the cat toys. All of those things are really beautiful ways to maintain a continuing bond. And, and I, I work with people to help them realize that that is okay. Permission to grieve in the way that feels true for us. And it's, it's hard for the, the people who don't have dogs who say, well, oh, it's just a dog. But yes, for those of us who have animals or same with the cats, it's not just a dog, it's love. And, and it's missing that from our life. Yes, disenfranchised grief. And that is when there is a lack of social acknowledgement as to the depth of your loss, as you know, what your, what your grief entails. It's almost not an acceptance to grieve. Um, many pet owners almost feel like they have a hidden grief. Right. So have to, th yes. Aren't yeah. you so that, over that yet? Exactly. So that really um, adds to the difficulty in, in, in the grieving process because you feel like your grief is being minimized or you feel like it's not being understood by other people. Um, but I find that the loss of a pet elicits the same amount, sometimes if not more than the loss of a person. Yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to a talk, um, and you know, we try and make sense of it. Like, well, you know, the dog ran out and got, killed or disappeared and never came home. And it's been five years. I don't think he's, you know, we try and figure it all out. And I heard someone say, well, the animals are trying to teach us something when they die. And I sort of felt like, because from my experience, I feel like maybe there's a lesson wrapped in there, but I don't know that that's their whole mission or, and I think it makes it hard to just grieve when we feel pressure that we're supposed to find a meaning or make sense of it? Or how, how do you deal when people are sort of mixed up with those kinds of thoughts and feelings and trying to make sense? I'm supposed to know right now. I think it is hard because we, we are their stewards, you know, we're their caretakers. And um, that is a whole other level to grief that is associated with pet ownership because often we have to make those decisions. You know, we sometimes might feel paralyzed by making that decision of euthanasia or some type of treatment or some mm -hmm. type of, you know, should I try to extend his life? Will he feel quality of life? And we feel, we feel personally responsible ending the life of our pets, whether we make the decision or there's an accident cat got out, the dog got out, we are always going to feel 100% responsible for that. I don't think that a cat or a dog or any pet's life, um, I don't think that there is necessarily meaning to their death. 
I think mm -hmm. as pet owners, we find our pets, we love our pets, we do the best that we can for our pets, and that's really all we can ask of ourselves. And that's what most of us do. Do you help people, you know, like when someone's in the hospital, they'll say, would you like the chaplain to come? Do you work with people when they're making those difficult decisions? When do you come in or does it just depend on the situation? I, I will come in whenever the person needs pastoral care surrounding their grief. I, and my, I do see my role as, you know, listening, guiding, um, repeating back what the people say and helping them work through it on their own. So my role, I'm not a veterinarian, so I'm not going to make that decision, but I try to help the person talk it through, um, hear it out loud, um, bear witness to their experience. I try to provide a very calm, caring presence to a very difficult time. And my focus is really on listening, listening to what the person is saying, trying to frame it back to them, and trying to help the person understand that there really isn't like a black and white, right or wrong. No. You know, a lot of people say, you'll know, the animal will, will let you know, they'll know when, you'll know when it's time to euthanize. Well, sometimes you don't. Right. Some animals are masters at hiding the illnesses. Some animals are excellent at, um, you know, not letting on how much pain that they are in. So you may not necessarily know. And the other thing is, it's okay if you don't do it perfectly. We, we, we do the best we can. And we do, we try as hard as we can to give our pets the care that they need, you know, and they can't let us know. So we really need to just make the best judgments that we can. And I try to help people through that. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to think it through with people. And, you know, guilt is just one of those things that serves no purpose. And it will just pop up when, you know, maybe you're having a quiet moment. And it, 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 it's, it's a very powerful and negative and awful feeling. And I really try to help people realize that they did everything they could. They loved their animal. They had all the best intentions. And they, and they did the best they can under the circumstances they were presented. So that's so important because in, in my work where I, I believe I, and I've had experiences where I could feel a message from the animal. Uh, one time an animal came to me and described a picture in this house. The woman had a variety of issues tied with her grief it, in terms of trying to help not only herself process it, but other family members. So it was like a very heavy burden. And the dog, I, and I just go with what I get. And I'm still, I sometimes I'm still like, okay, I'm just going to say what I get. But this animal showed me a picture and explained how it was, the animal's life was like a masterpiece of art. And Anyway, and he said that he felt as if his life was done because she kept second guessing herself, as many people do. Oh, I should have done this. Would it have been better if I had taken him home or better if we just at the vet? You know, all those variables that we torture ourselves with. And I said, no, your animal said it was as if he had signed the painting and his life was done. And so 
you did exactly what you were saying. You did do what was best and it was fine. And well, it turned out, I didn't know this woman. I met her at an event that she was an art dealer and she collected art. So for her to understand the symbolism of an artist signing it and being done was so touching to her. And I think that when we work through our grief and why I wanted to bring you on is that it can make such a difference. And I don't think from all the cases that I've worked on, the, our animals do not want us suffering in guilt and dismay and, and any of the things it's normal to grieve when you miss someone like you or an, miss, I say someone like it's a person, but when we miss someone we've loved, we have that, but they also want us to just feel the love and let it sort of wash away. So um, I think whatever we can do to help people is important. How did you learn how to do this? Well, I had this very strong relationship with people as a cat behaviorist, and it didn't feel right to just end the relationship when when the cat died. Right. So I decided to pursue becoming a pet chaplain. And I went through um, the Association of Veterinary Pastoral Education um, and became ordained as a, as a pet chaplain. And it's really been a wonderful tool to have, you know, in my yeah. toolbox, so to speak, because thing, things do happen and relationships change. And it's nice to be able to say, I can still be there for you. I can right. still talk this through with you. Um, let me help you make these decisions. Let, let me provide um, pastoral care and comfort and support. So that was really what led me down this road. I will also say that my dad was a rabbi. So I okay. think there's a little bit of um, pastoral care ingrained yeah. in me to begin with. Yeah. So it all sort of came together as a good road. And it's very, it's very rewarding because I know for myself, when I was, um, before I became a cat behaviorist and got involved in animal welfare, I ran, a pro, I ran a special needs program for over 20 years in a public school system here in Massachusetts. Um, mm -hmm. And when I had a cat who died, I, I couldn't take bereavement leave because it was a cat. Right. Even just though, a cat. just yeah. a cat even though I often felt much more grief than a human relative I may have lost. Yeah. And that experience kind of stayed with me that people really do need um, a place to find support. Often I just feel like pet owners, when they have a loss, their loss is not always seen as legitimate for right. lack of a better term. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's almost like a pet loss is equated to the loss of an, of an inanimate object as opposed to equating it to the loss of a close human being in your life. Yeah, and we don't know how to support each other because it's like, oh, well, how old was your pet? Oh, well, he had a good life. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe we're, it's even worse because we lived with them so long. It doesn't matter how long. There's just such a need. And you know, I, I've had clients who contact me and that they're just beside themselves because they say, you know, now what do I do? Or different members of the family are dealing with it because it is an animal. People 
are, I think are still making sense of how, how much can I love my animal or, you know, what's accepted. And so one person in the family might be like you or me and it's okay to grieve and somebody else might not be there. And so you're in this family and it's hard because you really have to stuff it. So yeah, yeah, that the grief is not as important as, you know, a human loss um, and that others aren't defining the grief in the same way makes makes it even harder for pet owners to process that loss. And that's where people like me as pet chaplains come in to provide that pastoral mm-hmm. care and support. And it, it is so important. And that's why I do focus on that concept of continuing bonds. So rather than looking at grief as this process that you go through and when you get on the other end, you're cured. How can we, what can we do to make this a continuing bond, to make this part, this relationship part of your life forever? Mm -hmm. So the hole in your heart is always going to be there. How can we just make it so you're not always falling in, you're just able to tiptoe around that hole a little more safely? We're not going to get over it. The hole is not going to go away. We're going to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do things to make us feel better about the relationship that we have, albeit in a different form. But the relationship that you had with your pet is always going to be there. And I find that's very comforting for a lot of people. I'm also, yeah. um, I will also sometimes do um, funeral services. I'll do some type of ceremony. I'll help people create a shrine to their animal that often helps, you know, choose a section of your home and put up some pictures. Um, If you did a cremation, that's a good place to maybe put the box or the urn and make something in your home that is a, a shrine, a dedication to your animal. And I find people really respond to that as well. So sometimes guiding people to what they can do to provide themselves with that, you know, self-care and support that they may not be getting from society in general is really important. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like what you said about sending a card or something to acknowledge the loss of a pet for any of us listening to to remember if, if we don't know what to say to a friend or a neighbor who's lost a pet, just a little note. I'm thinking about you. So sorry for your loss means a lot even to pet people. So that's yes, a great tip yes, for absolutely. our don't, Yes. Don't worry about saying the perfect thing. Just let the person know that you, you understand their loss, you understand their grief, and you're sending your love. How do we get to work with you if we need to, or refer someone to you who might need to work with you? So to get in touch with me, you can go through my website, which is drrachelcatbehavior.com. And submit a form. You can let me know in the form submission, you know, what type of help you're looking for, whether it's cat behavior help or pet chaplain help. And whether it's my pet chaplaincy or my cat behavior, I provide my services completely free of charge. It's my personal mission that I never wanted to be a financial barrier preventing people from getting the help that they may need. And also my pet chaplaincy work is non-denominational. It is not religion-based. It's just providing care, comfort, and support in whatever way the pet owner needs. That's great. That's excellent. Now, for those who are hardcore dog listeners here, she's a cat lady. 
but I know you can work. How do you answer that, that you work with other animals too? Well, for the behavior, yes, for the behavior work, it is a hundred percent cats. I'm Mm -hmm. certified as a cat behaviors. For the pet chaplain work, the, the concept of owning a companion animal, whether it's a cat or a dog or a bird or a tortoise, that loss is a loss no matter what. Whatever loss you have of, of a companion animal is a permanent and irrevocable loss. And whether, whether or not I'm a cat person, I'm a pet person, I'm an animal person, and they understand that sacred bond between a person and the pet. And so many of my clients have pets other than cats. I work with people who have lost dogs, birds, horses. So I think the idea of losing a pet is universal and not dependent really on what type of pet that is. Excellent. Well, I just wanted to reassure listeners because I know, I mean, I talk to a lot of I have a lot of pet people all the time, dogs and cats. And I do know that people get reluctant. Like if they'll listen to me and they'll say, I wanted, I wanted to talk to my dog, but they might wait six months. And the same goes with grief. Like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, here's a woman, Dr. Geller folks. If you know someone or you are the one who has got grief lingering, here's someone to talk to because it's so important. And from my experience, I really don't think, and that's why I'm doing this and wanted her to come on. I really don't think our animals want us moping around or missing out on fun. They want us to grieve them, but also still enjoy the fun things we can do in our lives. And I mean, I've been there. Sometimes we need help to get to that point and um, not be saying I'm never going to have another pet again. Because it doesn't have to be that way. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Geller? I do agree. I think one of the things, you know, that's a question I get a lot. Um, Am I going to be disrespecting or indicating that I don't love my pet enough if I get another pet? Mm -hmm. And I'll often say, what better way to memorialize the pet that you had by saving another animal's life who needs a home? What better way to memorialize that love than to to save another animal, to give another animal a home? There are so many animals in shelters and so many animals who need homes that I think it's a beautiful way to show how much you love the pet that you lost. And the other Mm -hmm. thing is the human heart is amazing and that it keeps expanding. So you're not replacing the pet that you lost. Your heart will expand and bring in a new pet to love and to love so much and to love for that pet's own unique ways and mannerisms and unique self, but your heart expands, it doesn't replace. So the other pet is still there. It still has just a big spot as she always had. Yes, and I, I love that you said that unique because I'm a big believer and do not get another pet until you're ready and or everyone in the house is open to it. And you can accept the fact that it might be different, even though it might look exactly like the pet that passed away and you want another yellow lab or you want to name it. You know, you had Mikey and now you want Mickey. 
sometimes these dogs are very, very different. And, and when you get your next dog, you want to make sure that you can let it have its own personality. And so I think that's a big reason why grief support is important so that we're not trying to make, you know, a dog be something and the next dog be something that it's not. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. A lot of people will say, you know, if they lost a pet and say if they had a Maine Coon cat, then they want to get another Maine Coon cat. If they had a black lab, they have to get another black lab. And that's fine if maybe you like the breed for the characteristics that come with that breed. But as you said, you know, don't expect that you're going to get um, the same exact animal again. And just think about with us, if you tragically, you know, you lost a spouse Mm -hmm. and maybe someday you remarry, I'm pretty sure that that new spouse is not going to be exactly the same as the one that you had. Right. And, And also, if you are a friend of somebody and you're listening, don't go out and, you know, get a cat or dog and bring it home to that grieving person. Um, Just to go back to my human example, if I lost somebody, you know, I wouldn't want someone to show up and say, here's a new companion for you. So let the person, you know, go at his or her own pace and let the person decide when he's ready and let the person set the pace of the interaction for when he's ready to accept a new pet into his life. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I will have notes where people can contact you. And as she said, it's free. So give it a try. And they can send you a message to reach out gradually. So if you freak out that, oh, no, I'm not ready to talk to someone, that's still okay because you don't have to call her up. You're going to email. It's going to go through that. But, um, it's so important and it does get better if anyone out there listening is still really grieving we are so sorry for your loss and it is painful but you do not have to go through it alone there's a lot of good kind people willing to um, walk with you through this so dr geller do you want to add anything the last thing i would add is again use the submission form on my website and i will get back to you and yes do not have to go through this alone if you're feeling unbearable sadness at losing that pet who was you know so precious and so connected to you i'm here for you and i will be happy to listen and go through this journey with you okay great well that's our show i'm liz murdoch if you want to talk to me you can or, or have me talk to your dog or cat you can find me at lizmurdoch.com check out the show notes for more information on connecting with Dr. Geller. And I hope you have a great day and don't forget to talk to your pet. Thanks for tuning in to Talking with the Dogs. Hope today's episode made you want to understand your own dog better and appreciate that every dog has a story and something to say. Subscribe now for more dog stories and insights into animal communication and what it's like to be a dog whisperer. Review this episode on Apple Podcasts or follow Talking with the Dogs on Instagram or Facebook and sign up for a chance for you and your dog to be a guest on the show. Whatever you do, I hope you'll spend time talking with the dogs.